Let's pray together. Mighty God, we pray as we come once again on this eve before Christmas, this night before your son was the one who brought heaven down to earth. We pray, Lord, that you would take away the familiarity, take away the traditions, and help us, Lord, as we open your word now to meet not with a baby, but with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. A shepherd owned a, a remarkable sheepdog. It was not only good at herding, but it had the remarkable capability of being able to speak. As you can tell, this is not a true story. At the end of the day, after the dog had herded all the sheep into the pen, the shepherd asked his canine friend to confirm how many sheep were in the pen. I'm not going to do a dog voice or anything like that. I'm not even going to pretend, all right? Forty. The dog barked. Forty? I only have thirty-seven. Yes, replied the dog. I rounded them up. See, Barry's, Barry, let's see, some of you had a wee bit too much food. Some of you had a wee bit too much food before you come out. You gotta think about that one. Christmas is all about a shepherd. Maya hasn't got it yet. She's asking her sister, what's it all about? I can see. I know. I know. Or is it the other way around? Is it? Okay. All right. Fair days. Fair days. Christmas is all about a shepherd and she's doing a degree. Shame, shame, shame. And not the ones that every child at school thinks that as they sing that carol while shepherds wash their socks at night all seated on the ground. But it's about the shepherd who those shepherds worshipped. Because we see that that child that was born in Bethlehem is a shepherd from our reading. From Micah 5. That famous carol reading that everybody trips up as they start saying verse 2, but you Bethlehem, they can't say it properly. But it's really not verse 2 that we looked at last Sunday as we were... uh, doing our carol services, but it's actually verse 5, or verse 4, should I say, that I want to look at, because this is a very famous carol reading, 700 years before the birth of Christ, that Micah says that God's ruler will be born in Bethlehem, and he will be a shepherd ruler. And we know that Jesus fulfills that quote because Matthew in verse 2 quotes these very words. Now we're going to see tonight that his rule, his rule will be as a shepherd king. Let me read out verse 4 again for you. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. 
And then just the first part of verse 5, and he will be our peace. That's a great Christmas truth that I want each one of us to grasp this evening. See, Jesus stands as the great shepherd so that you and I can sit securely. Let me repeat that. Jesus stands as the great shepherd so you and I can sit securely. Let's look at those truths in turn. Jesus stands as the great shepherd. Let's look at how his rule is described here in Micah chapter 5. He's described as a shepherd looking after his flock. And actually, that's one of the main pictures of God right the way through the Bible. It's a wonderful picture. Uh, We know straight away, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And it shows the intimate relationship and how good it is to be in relationship with the God of the Bible. He is a loving ruler, a caring ruler, a good shepherd. Now, way back in the Old Testament, the way that God shepherded his people were through human rulers, judges and kings. Many of them, as we see in Ezekiel, if you were to ever read the prophet Ezekiel, end up being called Bad shepherds. If you excuse the pun, they fleeced the sheep. They took all the money off them and left them bereft. But wonderfully, God promises to send one who will shepherd the flock flawlessly. And on that first Christmas, God fulfilled that promise by sending a baby who is worshipped first by shepherds. The baby Jesus who grew up to minister to Israel and say, I am the good shepherd. And we know that he's the good shepherd because he lays down his life for his sheep. That is on the cross. And that is more amazing when you think that Jesus didn't die for us when we were cute and cuddly. Far, far, far from it. The Bible tells us in Isaiah and in Romans that we are like sheep who have gone astray. Every one of us has gone our own way. That's the people that Jesus dies for. Selfish, straying, sinful sheep like me and you. And in the Old Testament, the sheep were the people of Israel. But here in Micah 5 verse 4, it says, He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach, not just Israel, but to the ends of the earth. And again, think of those who came to Jesus first of all. few days ago, I was trying to strain my eyes through the clouds to see if I could see that conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, which many people believe is what those wise men saw. And I don't know how many of you have actually 
seen any of the pictures that are actually from the Middle East, from Iran. And you can actually understand why they may have thought that, because over here it was like a, a well, you couldn't really even see it through the clouds. It was a bit of an anticlimax, to be truthful. But when there was, wasn't actually any clouds at all, even in the middle of the day, you saw these things shining together as, uh, as this great star. And where there were wise men who'd come from the end of the known earth worshipping Jesus. And it is surprising that this Christmas, Jesus' birth will be celebrated in at least 160 different countries. From here in Northern Ireland, to Nigeria, from Australia to Algeria. We've got to see that Jesus is for everyone. He's great to the ends of the earth, and that's good news. Because whoever you are, and whatever background you come from, you can enjoy the benefits that this child came to bring. Which leads us to the second part of the great Christmas truth. Jesus stands as the great shepherd so we can sit securely. And never have we ever had to learn that lesson so harshly as we have since March this year. George and I were discussing the last time we celebrated communion in two kinds. In the start of March was the last time we as a church had full communion of bread and wine together. It's heartbreaking when you think about it. We live in such an insecure world. Just think about it. A tiny little virus that you and I can't see. And distinguishable to the naked eye to bring about the closing of churches, shops, schools, business and to bring about the greatest fear that we all have death the total disruption of the world that we have always known and there's probably more after January our world is changing I wonder did you hear about the, t- the talking part that was given to a man as an early Christmas present it turned out that everything that that parrot said was, well, let's just say I couldn't repeat it when I'm recording this sermon here and through this microphone. And having tried everything that the man could to get the parrot to change his ways, he failed. And so the man grabbed the parrot and put him into the freezer. And for a few minutes... The parrot squawked and shouted, and then all of a sudden there was total silence. The man was racked with guilt, and he opened the freezer to which the parrot said, I'm really, really sorry. I'll try to correct my despicable behavior. And as he was about to ask the parrot what made the change in his conduct, the bird briefly said to him, quietly as he could, may I ask you, What did the turkey do to you? The people, see that one you can understand. There you go. Got the level of you now. 
The people of Israel who heard the first words of Micah 5 knew all about insecurity. They knew about insecurity and war. They, at this point in their history, are about to be taken off into exile into Babylon. And so the promise that God gives them is a wonderful truth in the midst of so much insecurity. It is a wonderful truth. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely. For then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. It is no less wonderful for us to hear this evening. See, because the great shepherd stands, we can dwell secure. Literally, actually, in the Hebrew it says, we can sit. Because the shepherd stands solidly, people of Micah's day and ours can sit securely. And he will be our peace. And that is a fantastic promise. That in an insecure world, we can be secure. In a world turned upside down by a virus that we can't see, we can have peace. Peace with God. Peace with each other. Peace with creation. Peace within ourselves. But we need to look to where this peace can be found. It will not be found in your eye. It will not be found in our skills or abilities. It will not be found in counting the ten or breathing slowly. It will not be found in yoga or pilates. It will not be found in diets. No, the peace that Micah speaks about here is in the good shepherd who will be our peace. It's exactly what Jesus promises in John 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Then in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Stories told of a little boy who was in church. And the preacher was preaching on the first five words of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And he was making the point that it doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd or the shepherd. But using a finger on his left hand, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And he said, if anyone was to trust the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus, what they were doing spiritually was grabbing hold of that covenant ring finger and saying, he's mine. He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. 
few weeks later, that little boy was in a terrible snowstorm. Sadly, he didn't survive. But when the rescue team found that child, they found him like this. The Lord is my shepherd. Trusting, clutching that finger, trusting the good shepherd. And as we gather this Christmas Eve and as we head into Christmas Day, let's be honest and say none of us knows what this new year will bring. Who would have thought within 365 days we would not be able to gather as we did last year in Holy Trinity? This year, can I encourage you to do what that little boy did? Can I encourage you to trust the good shepherd, the great shepherd, Jesus Christ? This will be my last Christmas Eve service with you as your rector. And you will be sick of me hearing this. But I long for each one of you and I have prayed for each one of you to know that personal relationship with Jesus from the moment I've arrived here. And I will continue to pray it when I leave here. Because I long for you to know personally the security and peace that only Jesus can bring. And there's a flip side to that. Because it follows that of true security and true inner peace can only be found in Jesus then outside of him is insecurity and hardship. Partially now, but permanently forever when he comes to be our judge. And it follows that if Jesus is the only great one, then I need to be on his side. And not to be on his side would be very bad news indeed if he is the good news of the gospel. So I ask you, don't just come to communion tonight. Come to Christ. Be like that little boy who said, the Lord is my shepherd. Take Christ at his word. Turn from going your own way and put your trust in him. For he brings us the security and the peace that no one and nothing else can. Can I just share with you that these months have not been easy at all. As I've been racking my brain thinking, how do I get to finish well? in Donaghoney Parish. I don't need to see everybody to finish well. What I need to do is to hold you out to Christ before you and entrust you to the sovereign God who holds you. But my prayer is that you come to Christ. 
you know him and you love him and you serve him and you share him because he brings us the security and peace that no one and nothing else can. And maybe you're wondering how you can do that. How to make the shepherd my shepherd. Well, a really good way is to pray something like this. And I'm going to read it out, and then at the end of the service, or end of this sermon, should I say, we're going to pray it. And the prayer goes something like this. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, which we all are, and I know that I need you. I accept you as the shepherd king. Come and guide my life. I know that you're the only one who can bring peace between us and God. And so please forgive me and live and reign in my life. The ultimate way of not just having a happy Christmas, but to have a happy eternal life is to pray a prayer like that and to put your trust in that good shepherd. You might be here and you're not ready to do that. Well, can I encourage you to open up the Bible with George and I? We will be at a social distance from you, but be very happy to read the Bible with you and to help you understand who Jesus is. We'll not do it tonight because we want to get to our bed, but we will do it in the next few days. Let's pray together using that prayer and then we're going to sing. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I know that I need you. I accept you as the shepherd king. Come and guide my life. I know that you are the only one who can bring peace between us and God. And so please forgive me and live and reign in my life. Amen. We're going to sing Hark the Herald Angel Sing, Light and Life to All He Brings. That's what this Good Shepherd brings, light and life. Let's sing together. And it's number seven on page seven. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh-huh.